What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the episode 17 of the Punts, Bunts, and Jams podcast. This is season two. Tonight, we're getting back at it. We've been gone for a little bit. We've had some personal things going on, especially on my end. And, you know, it's it's just life happens. So we're back to college football tonight, though. This will be the fifth college football preview we've done. This Tonight, we're going to cover the entire Pac-12. We're not going to split up in divisions. We're getting close. We're only 10 days out from kickoff from week zero. So we're just going to go over the whole Pac-12. We're thinking that next week we're going to knock out the Big Ten. And then between week zero and week one, we're going to knock out the SEC and we're going to go in a deep dive on it, of course, because that's our hometown stuff. That's we're, we're SEC homers and we'll jump into that week one stuff, all the good stuff. All in one giant mega podcast. So, but tonight I welcome in Cody, my co-host. Let's get it started. What's up, Clay Dodd? What's up, buddy? Congratulations on two more Dodds. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Yes, thank you, man. It's, around here, the joke is, is I've got my own uh, outfield, and yep. I like to say I've got the interior, of the offensive line covered. So I've got the two guards and the center all ready to go, and. Uh, Look out for them boys. And somewhere around what? The class of 2038, 2039, something like that? That just sounds weird. I've got (laughs) – I think Brody wore a shirt the other day that said class of 2032, and that doesn't even sound normal, you know. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, strange. You know, I was class of 2007, and that just seems normal. But 2032 seems like a (laughs) made-up. Yeah, and man, it was crazy. I was, we had, uh, we had two boys. For those of you who don't know, and uh, both of those boys were big. We had one of them that come in one ounce under seven pounds, and the other one was right a, a little over six and a half pounds. So big boys to be twins, and uh, they're all you should see them, man. They're they're growing quickly already, and they're trying to catch up to their oldest brother. And I can't wait. It's gonna be a lot of fun around here. So you've got three under two. That's right. I've got three under two, and I can just tell you right now, it is something else. We're getting no sleep, and uh, but you know the cool thing is, honestly, is they're going to get to play a lot of sports together. They're going to stay together the entire way, just about. Other than you know every other year or so, they may switch up teams between the oldest and the and the twins. But I'm hoping that maybe they all have similar likes and they all want to play together and enjoy sports together and um, can move up together. But but if they're anything like mine, one of them will want to play tennis, the other <laughs> play baseball, the other will be like, I don't even know what a basketball is. The other one's like, I'm going to be Michael Jordan. You know exactly. That's what I'm sure is going to happen. That way, uh, you know, me and their mother can can be me and Tab can be running in different directions yeah, at all times. Y'all are going to have to hire just a, a driver like Coach Saban does. And <laughs> just, you, you take one, Tab takes the other, and the driver takes the third. Exactly. And just rotate, you know. And today I'll be at one practice, tomorrow I'll be at a different practice kind of thing. So, yeah, but, it's, okay. it's crazy. Let's just do like a future thing here. Okay. In 2038, can we even think about – who's possibly going to be the Alabama head coach at that time? <laughs> that, well, 
even on the coaching map right now. We can, you know, it wouldn't shock me for Saban to get a contract extension through that, but no, he's not going to be the coach. Um, Could be like Lane Kiffin or Cristobal or – We'll, we'll, we'll tweet it out, like, who we say will be the Alabama coach in 2038, each of us. <laughs> I'll, go with, uh, I'll go with Cristobal will be our coach. Wow. Um, Mario Cristobal. I would say Lane, but they're just – something with him some, somewhere down the line. He's going he's gonna to mess up too much, and it's just going to be too much for the board of trustees. Well, I'm going to say it is uh, Napier. I've been stuck on that train. I told you all a few weeks ago when we did the uh, the Sun Belt that I thought Billy was going to be the next coach. So I'm going to say him. You know, I was about to say Napier, and then for some reason I've just been reading so much about Cristobal and all the recruiting he's done up in Oregon. And, you know, there's not really a better college, you know, in, as far as NIL could be than, than Oregon. Oh, no, it's unreal. I mean, you just load up the whole team and just here, here, get everything you want. Yeah, Yeah. and and what about Kool-Aid finally getting his the rightful NIL? You know, that's the first one that I thought about. And honestly, I thought about Bo Nix with Bojangles because I was like, that just makes too much sense. (laughs) But obviously, Kool-Aid with Kool-Aid just – if, if that didn't happen, then something was wrong. And I was listening to the next round. Congrats to the former roundtable guys on their new venture. I was listening to them, and they, they were talking to Jason Campbell, and he said, oh, if we had the NIL, I would have Campbell's soup right now. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, you have to. Yeah, so, I mean, there's just certain ones that just make sense, and and that was the one that stuck out to me right when I heard it was legal. I was like, oh. Well, well, Kool Aid's about to get a big deal. Yeah, it's, it just makes sense. And I saw where um, JT Daniels picked up Zaxby's, which I know our boy J- David Lloyd was very That's envious. Big. And I wished I had Zaxby's. Honestly, I would love to have a deal with Zaxby's. Now, noted Zaxby's hater Gary Lloyd is. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Is that communist and just hate on Zaxby's? Like it's what? A, it's a house divided over there, I guess, at Christmas. Yeah, what I mean, is he what is he, Guthrie's or something? What Chick-fil-A? I don't I don't know. What's Zaxby's because you know, you had the whole church's chicken or Popeye, Popeye's chicken against Chick-fil-A with their spicy sandwich, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't Which know by the way, called. both of them are delicious. Yeah, I don't I don't know why we couldn't just join forces and eat both of them. Put your hands together. You know what I'm saying? Like, why are we so? Why does it have to be a competition? Both, yeah. both of them, I would eat. <laughs> both of you are going to get the trophy that is my money. Yes, like you're yeah. both good chickens. One's the Lord chickens, and and one is just it's really spicy. Cajun chickens. Yeah, it's Cajun Cajun chicken. Nothing wrong with either. Some Creole chickens, I guess you could say. Yes, but all right, man. So. Let's jump into the meat and the potatoes of this podcast, and that is the Pac-12. We're going to cover the whole thing, like I mentioned in the intro, and we're going to start off. Let's let's go north, and then we'll hit the south just in uh, easy-to-go follow. And with that said, 
the first thing that we want to talk about is coaching changes. And in the North, we've had two. So I'll let Cody get started with the first one, and then I'll back him up with the second one. So with Arizona, you know, they, they let go of, of Kevin Sumlin, which that man has just absolutely – I mean, how much money has that guy stole from college football world? Oh, yeah. I mean, he had Johnny Menzel. He had lightning in a bottle, and, and that was basically it. I mean, that he parlay, parlayed that into another Power 5 job. And, and you know, they were – it was kind of like, what, the Bo Pelini type, type deal where they were getting tired of winning 8-4, and 9-3 and three every year. And he was like, well, you know, I need, I need to just, you know, at least get a Power 5 job and didn't do really anything with Arizona. And, what, a couple of years ago, I, I thought they were going to be top 10 type team with their offense, and it was just atrocious. I mean, turnovers every game, they, they weren't lined up correctly. Anything that you would think go wrong did go wrong and worse. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they got Jed Fish, which – you know, it's not going to wow anybody. I think, I think it was Athlon had him rated the 64th best Power Five coach. Uh, so, if if you know anything about that, that's very ungood. Yeah, there's not many of those Power Five jobs, and he's at the very bottom. So, yeah, I, I don't and know what you can expect from Jed Fish, but it's probably not a lot. So I completely, I tell you, this is how rusty I am and how sleep deprived I am, Cody. I, I know you called it, but you did the professional thing, just went with it. I said we were going to start off with the Pac-12 North, and I immediately jumped to the only coach in the Pac-12 South that is is changing jobs. So you know, <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> not done one of these in a month of Sundays. So God. you know, if if I mess up Twitter world, if I mess up family, listen to me, just. Just ignore it. We've been working hard at other things. I'm actually starting a new job on Monday. Clay Clay's raising 14 kids, and <laughs> uh, so so just give us a break. <laughs> and, so, and I, I actually thought this was how my my mind went. I was like, wait, is Arizona like I know I've seen no. it on the map. Like, it, are they in the north? <laughs> I don't know. I mean. Missouri's in the East in the SEC, so I was like, it's possible. Yeah, yeah I don't know what I was thinking, but yeah, let's just go ahead. I was going with it. I was like, heck yeah, they're in the in the North. <laughs> so I'm just going to stay in the South, okay? Let's talk about Colorado. So Colorado's got a, to my in my opinion, not a bad coach. So Carl Durrell, yeah, Carl Durrell comes over. He's been a long time assistant in different places. He actually played at UCLA, and then he was a head coach at UCLA. And he was over there from 03 to 07. Now, this is his second year in Colorado, and the reason I wanted to talk about him was because 2020, that's kind of a wash, right, other than the Crimson Tide just dominating and, and everything. The only washing that we care about. Yeah, and the Pac-12 played, what, six games total? I mean, it wasn't – I mean, I think some schools like Washington State or something, that they go like one in three. I don't think that the University of Washington played for the first, like, six weeks. And then they had a couple games and they were done. I mean, that was – last year was just an embarrassment. At least the Big Ten did their own thing. You know, they were trying to, you know, get ahead of whatever last year they wanted to get ahead of. And the Pac-12 was basically like, yeah, we're going to do whatever Daddy says. Yeah. 
So Colorado packs up and then and they they get Carl Dorrell and he goes four and two in his first year. Now Colorado, in my opinion, kind of dodged the bullet when they shipped out uh, Mel Tucker, sent him to Michigan State, which I I don't understand that hire, but it, there it is. And um and the, by doing so, you picked up a guy who at UCLA went uh, thirty five and twenty seven, which is not great by any means, but not bad. Yeah, I mean, you talk about what they have now with. With Kelly and Neuheisel, I mean, gosh, I yeah, you know we follow football just about as more than you know anybody you could possibly think, and there's never been a time where I'm like, I really want to watch UCLA play. Yeah, so thirty-five and twenty-seven over four years. I mean that that's pretty. That's like what eight and a half wins a year. That's really good. Yeah, it's not bad at all. I mean, it's it's a pretty solid record. Um, I want to move over to the Pac-12 North. Let's finally get over there where I tried to start off and then just completely made a debacle of that. But Washington. Arizona. <laughs> right. Washington, the Huskies coming here. They also have a coach who was there last year and then didn't really have anything. Went 3-1 and one for the season. They played four total games, and that's Jimmy Lake. Now, the thing about Jimmy Lake is this was a guy who is very well thought of, a young guy. And whenever uh, Chris Peterson was there, they ha- I can't even think of the defensive coordinator's name. The defensive coordinator actually stepped aside so Jimmy Lake could come up with the defensive coordinator. A couple years go by, and Chris Peterson himself said, look, I'll back off. This guy's an up-and-coming guy. He's from here. He's, he played at Eastern Washington, so he knows the area. He's good for the school. And they pretty much just handed the keys over to Jimmy Lake and let him take off. So we're going to see how good he is. Obviously, they think a lot of him up there. And um, I think it's important to watch his growth and see how he is as a head coach. He hasn't been a head coach anywhere else. I think he's only in his 30s. And the guy's young. Um, he played yeah. ball in the mid-90s. So I guess that puts him mid-40s. Yeah, is he kind of like the the – I guess a little older Lincoln Riley of the West, you know? Yeah. Like absolutely. kind of that sexy pick that everybody's talking about that could be like a, the coach of the year and a lot of awards. I mean, he, he's kind of that, I don't know, like Lane Kiffin type, not as big a personality on Twitter or anything like that, but he's definitely somebody that, that you could see if, I don't know, just say for instance, Sarkeesian doesn't work out at Texas. Jimmy Lake would be a great replacement. I'm not, I'm not saying Sark won't do great at Texas. Yeah. But, you know, he's one of those type names that with his quarterback prowess that they would be like, yeah, let's bring him in. He, he's he got potential. You know, I've, I've heard, like, if Notre Dame ever gets rid of Brian Kelly, they would look at Jimmy Lake because that's, that's just a different style of coach. Mm-hmm. And Brian Kelly, for whatever reason, it, he's very intense and it's just hard to – to play for him and hard to coach with him. And and Jimmy Lake just seems like a guy that would be a, a coach's coach and a player's coach. Oh, 100%. So that's all for head coaches. I actually picked out a assistant coach I wanted to bring up, and it's a guy who is has a name. It's up at Oregon. It's their defensive coordinator that just moved over. And uh, he come over from the last four years. He's been at Cal. The four or five years before that, he was at Fresno State. I think he coached at uh, Duke for a while. Tim DeRuiter. Uh, he is – he's been around the block. Good call. 
Yeah, he's he's just one of those guys who's been in college football a long time, and you know he he's he's solid. I guess is what I'm trying to say. So let's see what he can do for Mario Cristobal and Alabama's future head coach, according to Cody, and uh, see what they can do this year. You know what? You know I got a little distracted when you said Alabama's future head coach, and I was like, "Wait, <laughs> talk about this is an SEC, right?" Like I. <laughs> I know Arizona's in the South, but are we talking about Alabama? <laughs> the coach I wanted to bring up is my personal friend, and I have his number, Coach Joe Moorhead. Uh, I, I really, I really do have Coach Moorhead's number. We've been over this before, yep. but but I thought this would be like a good year for him to break out and maybe get one of those, I don't know, Houston type jobs or, you know. Uh, like a Fresno State, just something to get his name back in that coaching ring. Mm-hmm. And and I, I mean, I just don't think he fit the SEC, but to me he fits like a West Coast type team or, you know, even like a Minnesota type because, you know, P.J. Flex about to leave. Yeah. He, he's not going to stay at Minnesota forever, and that would be a great job. Like he looked – like Coach Moorhead looks like a gopher to me. Like oh, hundred percent. Like if you were like, where does Coach Moorhead coach? I mean, oh, he's he's Minnesota Gopher. <laughs> you know, that, that's just what he is. And we'll we'll try to get Coach Joe on the show. Mm-hmm. But, you know, big personal friend of mine. Yeah. But, you know, I think that I'm not being funny when I say this. I think he could really get his name out there to, you know, and get his bounce back. You know, from the Mississippi Mississippi State debacle. Yeah. He was just a bad fit for that. I honestly thought he would be pretty good, but for whatever reason, it just wasn't. And that's – you move on, you know. He, he moves on, and and now he's back being a coordinator where, you know, they come to Mississippi State from what, Penn State. Yep. He was the offensive coordinator up there. And uh, I really thought he was going to bring a lot of offense with him. He did okay. He wasn't terrible, but they – they didn't like him, and he moved on. So, he made the right decision. I think he's in a good spot now to where he can really bounce back, and he's got talent up there, and it'll look so, interesting. So much talent. So much talent. So, let's move on to uh, big games. So, big out-of-conference games. The very first one I'm just going to mention is for, for those Oregon Ducks, and it is week two, September 11th, at Ohio State. Yeah, that's a huge game. I mean, it's probably – as far as a point spread goes, you're, you're probably more inclined to know this, but I would say it's probably like 12 and a half, maybe yep. 13, something like that. But I mean, heck you, you get that game under your belt. You've pretty much got a, you know, you can go 12 and one and get into the playoffs. So if you get Ohio state, you know, that's a, a top three, top four win out of all the teams the whole year. If Ohio state runs the table. And if it comes down to a tiebreaker, they're going to get in over Ohio State. So, do I think they win that game? I do not. But if you, but if yeah. you, do, you do win it, Oregon, if – okay, we'll mark it down, 9-0-2 on a, on a Wednesday night. If they beat Ohio State, Oregon's in the playoffs. I'm just saying it. Yeah. But Especially not, beating them on the road. Yeah, beating them on the road or – you know, beating them in, in your own house, that, that win's going to play. That's but, right. But the game I have is another game between the Big Ten and the Pac-12 is, is Washington at Michigan. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I like that a lot. A bigger game, obviously, for Harbaugh. Because not that Washington's going to be bad at all. I actually think they're going to be really good. But if Harbaugh loses this game, that that seat's going to be hotter than fire, my friend. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into more Michigan next week. Uh, that that one, and then obviously, I'm sure you, you wrote down LSU and UCLA as well. Yeah, that's it, a big game uh, as far as pretty helmet. Uh, very. It, yeah, and according to some folks down around Baton Rouge, the, that is the toughest road test for LSU the entire season. Well, there might be more LSU fans than UCLA fans. <laughs> uh, i tell you one thing that jumped out to me looking through schedules was Stanford, and that just for the reason they're not playing any big juggernauts, but they're playing Kansas State, they're playing at Vanderbilt, and they're playing Notre Dame at home. So that means outside of their nine conference games, they're not playing anybody one double A. They're playing all power five conference and I and Notre Dame. I know they're independent, but you know what I'm saying. They're playing big teams across the country. So Dang I like it. it. Yeah. And I think that's great. I wish that everybody was like that. I do really think, don't care about Mercer. Yeah, I do think that's great. But uh coming up we've got a little thing called underachiever of the year and I don't want to say anything, but uh we might <laughs> talk about them. So, what stadium would you like to go see? Oh, I definitely want to go to Washington. Yeah. A couple of years ago, you and I did a, a podcast on when I was doing the Gold 60, and we did a breakdown of our favorite stadiums in the country, and I brought up Washington because that is just it's unreal, man. Right there on the lake. It's just a noise pocket. Yeah. And they've got, uh, personally, a real good help to me, even if it's not raining, which it probably is if you're in Washington, but – the covers that come all across, if it's sunshine and man, you're under shade. I love that. I, I love that a lot. I wish Brian Denny did that. Oh, well, More. I would a lot during those September games. You know, yeah. you know, everybody like, oh, I don't like starting a season late. I promise, Clay, I loved the season starting a month late. Yeah. I mean, it, it was I, definitely felt better. I could deal with 10 conference games. Every year, and the first time you see an out-of-conference game is just in the playoffs or bowl games. Hmm. I got you. Ten-game schedule, just nothing but conference and move yeah. into – I'm telling you, and, and people will be like, oh, that's too tough. But I, I just think it, you know, especially with the 12 – I mean, it basically gives you – you get at, at least one loss every year, just it's fine. You know, and, yeah. and possibly – you know, and if you're – eight and two or whatever going into the SEC championship game, you win nine and two, you're fine. I mean, yeah. it, you know, I mean, obviously they're going to do those 12 games because of M-O-N-E-Y. That's right. Because you make just, you know, you almost make just as much on a an Alabama Mercer game on ESPN than you would anything else. I mean, you know, they're, it's going to get eyeballs regardless. Yeah. All right. So – what did were you going to say Washington as well? Yeah, absolutely. That was that was absolutely the game I would or the stadium I would want to go see. But what game in that stadium would you want to go see? Because Easy. the Michigan game is on the road this year. Easily Oregon at Washington. Yeah, that'd be a great one to watch. That one is that one's for the North. <laughs> yeah, for the North. And if you can't watch that one, I guess Arizona State the next week would be good. Yeah, that. I, mean, I, I was going to say. That that's a trap game right there. Oh, and it is. Even if they w- like win, you know, if they lose, then 
I would I would not want to be Arizona State because they'd probably be a little ticked off. But but if they win and you know that's just one of those perfect times where you beat the big dog and then you got to come play somebody like an A and M when Alabama lost to them in 2012. You just beat LSU. You're riding high, but then you come back and and you're like, oh dang, we actually can't just roll our helmets out there. That's right. So we talked about what game we want to go see. We talked about what stadium we want to go see. We went over schedules. We even talked about coaching changes. Let's just get down to brass tacks. Who wins the Pac-12? Who wins? The, uh, Utah beats Oregon. Utah beats Oregon for the, the Pac-12 title. So, Utah takes it home. All right. Well, wow. Did we – you know, as far as Utah goes – they're bringing back a ton of people. Now, Oregon brings back 16 players. You know, Justin Herbert is gone. The quarterback they had last year, can't think of his name. He's gone. They're bringing, breaking in a senior who hasn't got to start a lot. As far as Utah, they bring back 19 starters, including the quarterback and Charlie Brewer, who, guess what, moves over from Baylor, right? So, he's been a starter for a while. He's very talented. He's, he's a guy who – He's a gunslinger. He is, and if he would have had a little bit better offensive line at Baylor, he could have really done some good. But that guy spent more time on his back than he did throwing the ball. I mean, he was getting hit all the time. Well, I, I tell you one thing about Utah is their defense has first and second team, you know, Pac-12, you know, members all around it. I mean, they're just everywhere. Devin Lloyd, uh, Mika Tafau, I mean, they're just – loaded on that defensive side of the ball. And I, I don't think you're going to get any any rushing yards against them at all. You're, you're just going to have to beat them. If you beat them, you're going to have to beat them deep, and you're going to, you're going to have to, you know, make them turn the ball over because I just don't see a Whittingham. And it's crazy how good Kyle Whittingham is. He does not get the credit he deserves. Hmm. I agree. I think in this, his 17th year as – Utah. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. You get you look at guys like uh, over at Iowa. You've got Kurt Ferentz, who's been a twenty-four years. Kyle Whittingham has been here seventeen. I mean, that's crazy. TCU. Oh yeah, Gary Patterson. TCU is a good one to bring up because he's been there forever. Five as far as as tenure now, which is insane. That that we're even saying that, you know. Yeah, I mean. 14th year, and, you know, everybody put the over-under at saving at Bama at three and a half, you know. Yeah. And, we're say, take the under. If you look at uh, Patterson at a TCU, think about this. He could potentially be taking TCU to the third different conference that he'll be coaching in. That seems – that is wild. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't know – has that ever – that's never happened, obviously, right? I would imagine, though. I would imagine that maybe if you think about some teams, and I don't know who the head coaches were and if they kept them. Maybe but, Georgia Tech back in the day. Well, Georgia Tech went from the SEC to independent to the ACC. You're right. Didn't they have like one year of independence or whatever? Yeah, I think you had to go one year of independent yeah. and then bid your way into the ACC for scheduling purposes. Scheduling, yeah. Okay. Well, because I got Utah. Who do you got? 
Well, I like the Oregon pick on the north side. You're right. And I actually – you're not going to believe it. I put down Utah. I actually have bet both of those teams to be there in the end. So, I'm definitely on top of, you know, thinking that these teams are going to be playing for a while. Now, if you look at teams on the south, like Arizona, who brings back all 11 starters on defense. From the north. Arizona State, excuse me. And uh, bring back all 11 starters. UCLA brings back 20 starters. A lot of these teams, pretty much because of COVID and the way that teams could not really burn a year of eligibility, they were able able to bring back a ton. Until you look at teams like Northwestern, Duke, the teams where the players are not there to play football, they're there to go to school, unlike Cardell Jones. It's, they just want to, you know – they're using a football scholarship to get them through school. They didn't really care as far as coming back another year. A couple of them got – you know, they had a big draft at Northwestern. But overall, your players on the team, they're not going to the NFL. They know it. They're there to get education, and they move on. But these other teams, like in the Pac-12, you get 19, 20, 21 starters coming back. Yeah, another thing I wanted to bring up, and Lance Taylor from the next round brought this up. I wanted to give him credit. He has Washington in his top ten coming into the year. And he said basically because they have 20, uh, I think like 19 starters coming back or 20 starters coming back, all five of their offensive linemen, which is huge. They got a six-year center coming back. And, you know, I just personally think the, the difference maker, and this is crazy coming from Oregon, when you think Oregon, you think what? Quarterback, running backs, fast. Yeah. The best player in the country is Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah. And and I'm saying he, he's top three pick. He's a can't-miss prospect. He's one of those Jadavion Clowney, except I don't think he's ever taken the playoff. Yeah. And he's I think, crazy. I think, I think he could make the difference in that Washington game, regardless of how good that – you know, he doesn't have to have, you know, three sacks in the Washington game to be a difference. If he just takes up a man and a half literally every play, that's all you got to do. Yeah, he was the best defensive end in the country coming out of high school. Yeah. So, he's very good. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't think it would be fair if he was at Alabama right now with the defense. <laughs> back. Yeah, uh, for a fact. But – can you imagine him and Will Anderson on the same team? <laughs> be crazy, but it'd be fun to watch him going up against Evan Neal every day at practice. Ooh, yes. Um, so as far as so we got our conference winners, you know, who we think we're both right on par. We both think that Oregon and, and Utah are going to the championship game. As far as underachievers, who do you guys an underachiever this time? Stanford for sure. Schedule's way too tough. And I, I just think David Shaw is getting stale. I just think it's time for some new blood there, and that might be sacrilegious to Stanford fans that listen. I know we have millions and millions of Stanford fans that listen to our podcast. Oh, yeah. I hate to tell you, David Shaw is just – he's just stale. He's done. Well, along those same lines, definitely another California team. I'm going to USC. I think that it's finally – the year that Clay Hilton goes home. Good Lord. I mean, it's there. I cannot believe he still has a job. Yeah. What about a 
overachieving team? Who's going to jump up? Who's somebody who's going to surprise some folks this year and make some strides? Cal, for sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Case Garber is going to be awesome. I think it's his third year. Coach Wilcox is really good. He's. I think this is his fifth year. And, you know, if he wins seven, eight games this year going into a ball game, getting nine wins, he could be one of those guys that leap leapfrogs into a, a bigger uh, Power Five job. You, you just never know. I mean, do I think he could get like a Michigan State if James Franklin decides to leave? Because this is what I think happens, Clay. I think they fire Helton. I think James Franklin goes from Penn State to USC, and I think somebody like a Jimmy Lake might go to Penn State. I don't mm. know. What about that scenario? I, I like it because I think Franklin's getting towards the end of his tenure, and if he's going to have a good year this year, he needs to move. Yeah, He I, doesn't I, need to let it pass him by. Man, you've got to leave Penn State because you're. if you didn't make it to the playoffs the year they went 11-2, and beating Ohio State, you're not going to make it. <laughs> like the, I thought Penn State was one of the best four teams in the country that year, and they put Ohio State in. You know, but what what do I know? I just do a, a college football podcast. So. so the one that I it keeps jumping out to me, and I think I'm kind of becoming Colorado. a fan for Colorado. some reason. Who? Colorado. Nope. Hmm. Crank up, crank up those chainsaws, baby! Oregon State. Is coming out and up, upsetting a few people this year. Do I think they're going to win nine games? No. Not even close. Do I think they'll make a bowl game? I think they got a shot. I really do. Let me run down this uh, schedule for you. At Purdue to open the year. Win. Hawaii. Ooh, win, maybe? That's one thing. It's an iffy game. It's a 50-50. Idaho. Win. At USC. Loss. Loss. Washington loss at Washington State. You never know. Lost. You no. probably a loss. They win. They're going right. to win that one. Then they get a bye week, and then they go into they get Utah at home. Now here's the thing: I'm not thinking they're going to beat Utah, but Utah is coming off of an Arizona State game and USC, the top couple of top teams in their side of the conference. So, this could be a trap game for a little bit. And so Oregon, it usually gets one big win at home a year. That's right. Now we go to at California, which you said is going to be the surprise team. So, that's going to be a tough one, of course. At Colorado, that's a toss-up. Stanford, we just talked about being uh, underachievers. They're be Stanford, they're going to be Stanford. Arizona State, by the end of the year, we don't know. We think that Arizona State could be better, but honestly, they could be. Well, they could have a bad year. You've also got to think about all they're dealing with off the field with her. Yeah. So. Exactly, they could come in halfway through the year and shut down, you know, like suspend all kinds of people. Right. And then they finish at Oregon. Now, obviously, that one's a loss. But what I'm getting at is they've got a chance on a few iffy games that, that they could potentially become bowl eligible, and that's why I picked them as my surprise team this year. Well, I we've got to go back. What what's your favorite mascot? What's the best mascot? Oh man, favorite mascot. I didn't even talk about it. I'm gonna go with the beaver. The beaver. Uh, the fan be- of the beaver. Okay, I'm going with Ralph. <laughs> I'll be Team Ralphie on this one, pal. 
Ralphie, the female with the name Ralphie. Okay. Sounds roll tide. There's no way that you could make me run with that damn thing. Well, one, I'm just not going to keep up with it, but there's just it's just not going to happen. Well, now, the only way that you'd be running if it was chasing you. Exactly. And, you know, if you watch that group, everybody along the sides, they've just got a, a hold of the reins and they're just pulling, right? But in the back, I don't know how this guy doesn't tear both ACLs as soon as he comes out of the gate. But they've got a guy standing back there like a plow with the reins around his waist, and he's trying to slow down this thing. There's no way. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'll tear my knee up playing disc golf. So. <laughs> yes. Yes, you have. A live story right there. You can't make it. You can't make that up. You can't. You couldn't bake that up if you had Betty Crocker in the kitchen. You really couldn't. I mean, I just – I was standing there, and I, I tur- and my knee popped out. It, there, there goes the, the kneecap. So, Cody, we got one more topic before we jump into the extracurriculars that we usually have. And I added this in because during this month that we've kind of been off and on a little bit, we've had a lot of talk about expansion. And I think that there's two conferences that are eyeing some teams – of the Big 12 that could come over and talk to them. And I think that the Pac-12 is one of those conferences. I think them and the Big 10, the next two that we're doing, could steal some of these teams. So what what are your thoughts on it? Here's the best four, and I'm not going to accept any other answers. Here's the best four. Kansas. Now, listen to me now. Kansas basketball alone is worth them taking them. Yeah. Because you could have like a natural – Kansas versus UCLA rivalry every every year. That. Oklahoma State would be huge in the they look Pac-12 to me. And then the final two, Boise State and BYU. Hmm, I like that. The, those are my four, and I think I think that's the best four you could get. You know, if they were to expand further than that, I think a team that they would love to take and I think would make sense as far as money and television is TCU. And the reason is Dallas. Picking up Dallas-Fort Worth on that television market may help you as far as getting that exposure into the central time zone. I picked TCU, but I also – I think that the Big Ten is going to take TCU so they can get into Texas. Which would make complete sense. And I think the Big Ten is obviously the second biggest brand in sports behind the SEC. So I think TCU would choose, you know, the Big Ten over the Pac-12. But don't you agree, like, Kansas and Oklahoma State look Pac-12? Oh, 100%. And then, Oklahoma State is is absolutely Pac-12. I mean, they throw the ball 95 times a game. And they put up a ton of points. That's that's old so, school Pac-12. And Kansas could compete in football with, like the, you know, the Washington States, the the Oregon States, the Cal. Right. They could play around with those guys. But I'm telling you, last year the Big Twelve was really dadgum good in in football. I mean, Iowa State. We we've been over them before. Iowa State's got what 19 starters coming back. What is it? Yeah, it's a ton. It's 
literally yeah. so many starters. I mean, the, their conference was just so good, and and you know the, the twenty Pac- starters. Yeah, the Pac-12. I mean, those four teams would would make the the Pac-12 really really good. For the, it would make it better than the ACC right now. But you know, I've heard rumors that the Pac-12, with its heavy stance in California doesn't want the Big 12 um, and even BYU as the religious schools. They don't want Baylor, who's a Baptist school. They don't want TCU, who's Texas Christian, and they don't want BYU because of the Mormons, which I think is a stupid move. I don't – it shouldn't have anything to do with that. But I've, I've heard that rumor that they want to stay away from them. That That's very odd. Yeah, and – I think that the teams out of the Big 12 that are going to lose out of the Big 10 and everything is West Virginia and Baylor. I think they're just losing. They're about to fall to nobody. BYU is the absolute must for the Pac-12 because you've got Utah and BYU. And a ton of money. There's a lot of following. BYU doesn't have the amount, nowhere near the amount of followers that Notre Dame does, but it's the same style and the fact that BYU has people all over the country, all over the world that pay attention to them. Yeah. So it's it makes sense to get them plus, I mean, if you're the Pac-12 and you've got Washington where we've talked about the stadium and then you pick up BYU and those mountains behind the stadium, oh, my God. Because, you, because like, Boise State is basically a pac 12 top team now. And then, like I said, with Kansas, you have the basketball. And Oklahoma State, they could, you know, be a natural rival with Colorado. You know, the former Big Big Ten, Big 12 teams together. That's right. And if you think about Boise State with their location, uh, Washington State, I, the, they stay in Boise when, you know, the night before they, get, they go over to Boise. So that's a natural rivalry. They're so close, right there. That that is a that that would be a big rivalry. Yeah, I, I'm. I think those four are the perfect four. I don't know about you. What did you say? I think that I, I go back to if the rumors that I have heard are not true, which I would hope that they're not, and they wouldn't be that stupid. I think that they pick up Oklahoma State, TCU, BYU, and maybe, maybe. Texas Tech. I think that the Big Ten is going to make a huge push for Kansas. I think they're going to push for getting more basketball money. Oh, Lee. that the Big Ten's already so good in basketball. Oh yeah, and if, if you add another blue blood like that, just think about what it does to you. I mean, you could you would have representing the Big Ten, what twelve teams in the in the bracket every year out of sixty four. We'd have you know Purdue. Oh. Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, you know. Wisconsin. Wisconsin, Illinois. Iowa. Good Lord. I mean, that 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 would basically just be half the field. Yeah, Indiana. Uh, you, you'd you have everybody in the Big Maryland. Ten would have a shot. You, Maryland. Maryland's in there. That, that makes no sense, but. <laughs> but, all nope. right, so, yeah. All right, so let's get into some extracurriculars. So I've got a fact for you. So you want to hear it? Yep. All right, so this was kind of interesting to me, and uh, I want to see what you think about it. So Kentucky has more bourbon than people. 
If bourbon is your drink of choice, then you might want to plan a road trip to Kentucky. The state is not only responsible for 95% of the world's bourbon, according to the Atlantic, but there is also so much of it that 4.7 million barrels are in the state's distilleries, which outnumber the 4.3 million people living in the area. That's a lot of a lot of uh, burbs, a lot of bourbon. A lot of bourbon. Just, did you bring us a fact tonight? I did. Did you know in 2014, the Kansas City Chiefs wide receivers did not score one single touchdown? Wow. That's crazy. And you think about it now with Mahomes. I mean, he averages two and a half, three touchdowns a game to his receivers. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this, that shows you what one draft can do for you. I think that was Alex Smith last year at the Chiefs. That's a shame. I like Alex Smith. Seems like a good guy. He, he spoke with the Alabama team like, like last week, I think. Yeah. All right, so I've got you an egg fact or another way to cook an egg, and then we'll get into some rapid-fire questions. Okay. All right, so this one's called – this is, I believe, like number 23, 24, something like that on the list, or a quarter of the way – we're in, getting close to a quarter of the way through. My God. Egg fo young. Right. It is Chinese. It's eggs are stirred together with vegetables such as bean sprouts and scallions. They quickly cooked in a hot skillet or deep fried in oil served with gravy. Oh, I've had those. It's actually really good. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look bad. I've actually had that before, so I take back my ew. <laughs> All right, so let's get to some uh, some random, wild, rapid fire questions. Okay. Best type of cheese? Pepper jack. Mozzarella. Mozzarella. All right. Mozzarella. Mozzarella. If you had to wear a Halloween costume every day, what would it be? <laughs> I guess like an army outfit so I could like maybe get. Mm. Yeah. I went with Scooby-Doo because it worked out. Oh, shit. Uh, Scooby-Doo worked out for Johnny Football. I mean, I don't know if y'all have seen the picture. Surely you have. Like it worked out for him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, last one. If you ever own a yacht, what are you going to name it? Hmm. Ever own a yacht? What would I name it? Hmm. So difficult. Oh man, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. Something with Alabama, obviously. But I mean, I I don't know. Probably. Uh, maybe just sweet home. Sweet home, I like it. What what would you have yours? The Dodicus. Oh, see, that's just good. You had time to think about it, and you just crapped all over my. <laughs> no, I can never crap all over Alabama. Will not happen. That's true, but I, I feel like it was, it was that was a, that was a tough one because. How's it going? I mean, just think about it. You know, you're just out on the lake. And you see Sweet Home rolling by. That's pretty cool. <laughs> a yacht out on the lake? I don't know where yachts go. The Gulf. The Gulf. <laughs> whatever. Play. <laughs> <laughs> All 
I've got this 53-foot yacht out on Smith Lake. But you know what? I knew I messed up when I said it. I mean, <laughs> the freaking ocean, okay? <laughs> All right, so that's everything I got, Cody. You got anything before we go? Yeah, just don't mess with them horses.